I understand why when people walk into a gym to find out about the membership, they have their shield up, they have war paint on, and they have their you know grounded tone in their voice because they're expecting to get sold to, and and you know that's that's I guess the reputation that the fitness industry is kind of kind of built for itself really. Um, but you know, asking how much the gym membership is and then running out of the door is kind of like going to buy a car without looking at it, without test driving it. The salesman goes, "It's it's twenty grand." And you go, that's that's expensive. Before you find out, it's like a Ferrari or something. Welcome to Fitness Inside Out by Wild Training. I'm James Griffiths, and today we have a new episode of Industry Insight. You can listen to the show on most major podcast services. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. And remember, we add new content every Monday. All right, guys. So this episode is really all about buying the right gym membership. And I thought it'd be a good one to, to hit because with lockdown coming to an end, hopefully, and gyms looking to reopen, obviously, we're going to have a lot of people that are looking at either coming back to the gyms or, or joining the gyms for the first time. You know, the, the surveys and the stats that are flying around is, is looking like the British public has, has very much missed going to the gym and, and more people are looking to join the gyms. And so, and so, yeah, I thought it would be an interesting thing to talk about because it's something that we, we talk about a lot, you know, between me and, and the trainers at the Wild Training Gym and, and our membership. But what I'm going to try and do with this podcast is, uh, is stay as, as kind of impartial as possible. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm an active personal trainer. I, I own a gym, uh, but I'm not going to talk about the Wild Training Gym. I'm not going to kind of put that perspective into it. And I guess, I guess, you know, I've, I've been a gym member since 2002, you know, so, so I've, I've been a member of most different kinds of gyms and, and enjoyed, yeah, different styles for, for kind of different reasons. And then as part of my career, I guess I've worked in most different kinds of gyms as well, you know, so from private studios to health clubs, commercial gym chains, I've, I've owned a small personal training studio, I've managed a group exercise class studio, and obviously now I, I own a gym. So, so hopefully, you know, across that, that you know, amount of experience, there's, there's a decent amount of information that I can hopefully share with people about what I think are probably the important things to ask and the important things to think about when you're thinking about joining a gym. And we've had some really interesting uh, kind of input from, from some of our trainers and some of our members uh, that I'll try and share with you as well. So yeah, this isn't about, you know, wild training. It's not, not about just my point of view. I think the, the, the main thing to remember is that this is all massively subjective. Uh, because what, what makes a, a gym great to one person will be totally different to another person. And that's, that's why it's great that as a, as a fitness industry in the UK, we have so many different types of gyms. That's, that's, that's a great thing because if you know what you're looking for, then, then it should be possible for you to find that uh, so you get you know, what you're looking for and, and, and you, know, you get effective value from, from your gym membership. I think that's, that's the, maybe the, the trick is, is knowing what you're looking for you know and uh you know will the gym deliver value for what 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 you want and that's that's the key thing to try and break down and yeah that's that's what we're going to look at so I've, I've broken that down into two things essentially so so this whole podcast is is pretty much going to look at two two kind of areas which is you know how to measure if a gym will be effective and how to measure if a gym is good value okay so so let's let's start with 
effective because I think it's pretty hard to work out if a gym is good value if it's if it's not effective. So so I understand why when people walk into a gym to find out about the membership, they have their shield up, they have war paint on and they have their, you know, grounded tone in their voice because they're expecting to get sold to. And and you know that's that's I guess the reputation that the fitness industry is kind of kind of built for itself really. Um but you know, asking how much the gym membership is and then running out of the door is kind of like going to buy a car without looking at it, without test driving it. The salesman goes, it's it's 20 grand, and you go, that's that's expensive. Before you find out it's like a Ferrari or something, you know? And so hopefully a gym membership has the potential to improve the quality of your life a lot more than, than a Ferrari for 20 grand. So uh, so that's why I think there are some some questions that should almost be yeah, just standard issue for, for when you walk into a gym, you have to understand what it is that they have to offer you. You know, that's, you know, how much is the thing? What's the thing? So many people walk into a gym and they go, how much is it? And then they walk out like they think they know what what that gym is all about. And that's that's just never gonna be the case because like we said, there's so many different types of gyms, different types of staff, different types of atmosphere that are definitely worth considering. So so here it is. So so if we're talking about how, how are you gonna work out whether a gym's gonna be effective for you? The first thing that I, I would always talk about is is capacity because that's the first thing that will always end up annoying people you know so so if i can think back to to you know gyms and, and lots of different kind of memberships in different gyms the the complaints are actually normally pretty similar you know depending you know it doesn't matter what the kind of gym is but car parking it sounds like so low rent to talk about car parking when we're talking about buying the right gym but it's something that people moan about right if a gym doesn't have enough parking getting to the gym and, and you know doing all that yeah yeah jazz is, is, is it just becomes painful it's a painful experience which we obviously want to try and avoid so you know there's there's parking there's i've paid for this gym membership i've gone into the gym there are so many people in the gym i can't use the equipment that i want to use and so then you go well how, how can the gym be effective for you if you're not being able to use the equipment that you know you've got in your program or you've got in your plan to to, to kind of use or, or you know the, the other way that works is is you can't even book onto a class that you want to do you know so so understanding about the capacity of that gym is is really really important you know and and, and there's there's lots of ways you can you can find that out i'll go into it in more detail when i start talking about value as well but essentially you know look around the gym and and you know try and go to the gym to have a tour at the sort of time where you would be using the gym you know and 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 that's that's really important because that's going to give you a much fairer representation of what that gym is going to feel like at the kind of time that you're going to end up using it than asking the staff if it gets busy you know does the gym get busy when does it get busy they're just always going to give you the same answer like you know i run a gym don't believe the staff go and check it out for yourself you know and most most decent gyms should offer you some sort of trial uh if, if they don't offer you a trial I'm, I'm sure there's probably an option for for some sort of pay as you go uh kind of kind of payment and and then you know you're not locked down into any any nuts contracts before you know if if that gym 
has got the capacity to handle one more, you know, and whether you're going to get in there and actually enjoy your workouts, get to use the equipment you want to, to use and, and get to do the classes that you want to do. So capacity has to be part of that, uh, understanding whether the gym is going to be effective for you. The next thing is, is, you know, for me, I think this is the most kind of important yeah, aspect of what you, you want to try and understand. Um, and it's, it's not dependent on whether you're going to do personal training or whether you're going to do classes because the coaching staff in, in the gym and really all the staff will completely determine the, the kind of etiquette, the culture, the atmosphere of that gym. And so I, I believe that, you know, the staff are kind of the most important part of a gym. And, and so there's, there's definitely questions I would ask if I was going to go and join a gym, you know, take away the wild training gym. I'm not a gym owner anymore. If I'm going to go and, you know, buy into a, a gym membership or, you know, maybe I'm, I'm looking at developing a specific aspect of my fitness, you know, like I'd want to go to a martial arts gym, you know, there's, there's certain questions and things I'd want to be able to see from the, the staff that would make me know that I could buy into that gym, uh, that, you know, knowing that I was going to get effective kind of use from it. So when it comes to the staff, you know, what, what support is included from the coaching staff uh, as part of the membership or, or what is extra, you know? And so not, not everybody's, uh, you know, really well kind of versed in exercise. You know, we, we, whatever, leave education and it's like, you know, tick the boxes, you know, everybody knows how to look after their body. And we don't, you, you, we, we don't really learn how to manage our, our health, our fitness long term. You know, it's not something we're really taught effectively. And so it's not unreasonable to kind of want and recognize that you need some level of support in, in maintaining your health, your fitness, achieving your goals. So then the question is, well, if I'm gonna buy into this gym membership, you know, are you gonna help me if I ask you a question? You know, what's what's given to me freely as advice or, you know, in terms of training, you know, plans? What, what you know, do I want or, or am I gonna need that you're gonna ask me to pay for, you know, extra as, as a charge on top of my standard membership? So is there is there introduction, you know, kind of courses that I'm gonna have to pay to be able to use certain classes, use certain equipment? You know, is, is there any equipment or aspect of the facility that I'm gonna have to pay extra for? Uh, as well you know because then you know you can start to think about yeah what what it what it what that membership really is offering you in terms of value and, and whether you're going to be able to make it effective for for your goals i always think it's important to look for a really good explanation of that value uh you know so uh whatever's included get the detail because because you know for example yeah yeah we give we give all of our members nutrition support that that can mean here's a one pager with some recipes on it, you know, which which potentially if you're not particularly confident in the kitchen, you know, uh, is is almost useless, you know. And at the same time, nutrition support can mean full on monthly guides, one to one check ins whenever you want, you know, video tu tutorials online, all that kind of stuff. So so don't don't just kind of go, yeah, what's included? And then go, oh yeah, you get a PT session. What's that mean? Is that like a fifteen minute, you know, realistically? upsell to try and get me to buy into actual personal training or is that is that a, a really immersive helpful personalized experience to show me around the gym and give me some confidence in what i should or shouldn't be doing 
So, so get the detail about what's included in your, 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 your kind of membership. And I think that's a really important aspect to, to understand, you know, the, the effectiveness of what that gym can offer. Then I guess, obviously I'm jamming on about how important coaches are. You, you've got to understand what, what level those coaches are at, okay? Because, you know, the, the, the fitness industry offers a, a huge range of, of experience levels and, and expertise and qualifications. So, again, this, this can be a little bit subjective. And I, I guess, you know, only, only, the only real way to assess this, if you're not training with the trainers or the coaches, is, is to ask them how long their staff has been co- kind of coaching for. And, you know, I, I think the, the amount of time they've been training or coaching for is probably more important than the amount of qualifications that they have. But, uh, but you can ask all those questions uh, in terms of, you know, their skills and things like that. And, and yeah, yeah, again, asking, asking staff about what, what they do and how long they've been doing it is important, but just train with them. You know, you, you gotta kind of test drive these things. You gotta go for a trial. And, and yeah, work out whether these guys have something of value to offer you because it is important, you know, that you're going to get some sort of support, some sort of valuable interaction from that staff. So it's, yeah, you know, what's included, what, what level of the coach is at. And then I guess, and, and this isn't me talking as a gym owner or anything like that or a manager of personal trainers, but I want to know if those coaches are motivated and uh, and because th- a lot of coaches aren't, you know, they, they live, they breathe, they work, you know, fitness. And so then for them sometimes to have to find motivation to push their own fitness or, or kind of learn new skills, sometimes that's that's very challenging for, for, you know, coaches and trainers or whatever. So, so there's a few things that I always look for uh, and a few things that I, I've seen as I guess almost consistent rules in exceptional coaches. So, you know, one is do they actively compete in, in any form of sport? You know, so whether that's, you know, whatever, like uh, like weightlifting competitions or uh, triathletes or, you know, bodybuilding competitions. And, and the reason I think it's important is, is not because they're competitive, but because for a trainer to put themselves out on a, you know, a public competition or, or, or you know, forum or something like that, they've got to step up. They're going to be more aware of current best practice in that sport. And, and this is true of, you know, strongman competitions to martial arts competitions. You get found out, you know, and, uh, and I guess the, the nice thing about a, a coach that's competing is if they're motivated, they're probably going to be able to hit that energy into you more effectively, you know? So, so that's, that's one of the things that I look at because it means they're training, they're studying, they're learning for themselves. And that probably happens at a better rate when there's that element of, you know, pushing themselves out of their own comfort zones. So I, I think that's a really important thing to look at. And it doesn't matter what level they're competing at. That is not the point. So it doesn't matter if you've got uh, a mixed martial arts you know, coach who's who's semi-professional, getting paid for competitions, or you've got you know an MMA coach who's who's you know lower down that tier and maybe still you know fighting in amateur competitions and, and things like that. That doesn't matter. It I think it's just important that they are they're not sat on their laurels. They're not kind of cruising at whatever level they are. They are progressing in some form of yeah competition in whatever you know their, their their chosen sport might be you know whether it's gymnastics calisthenics i mean anything li- literally just i think it's important that they're motivated 
And then I guess the other side of that is is in terms of motivation of, of your coaches. How do they keep up with new training styles and maintain their education? So I think competition is one aspect of, of you know that but but there's other ways for for coaches to you know maintain great education and, and learn new skills so i think it's, it's well worth asking potentially the management like what do you do to keep your staff at the the, the front of the field you know what, what are they doing to study what resources do you give them now i would want to be able to give you a very good answer for that um some gyms won't necessarily invest in their staff so that's something that might you know, pay into your decision as to whether that gym is going to be the most effective gym for you and your goals. And then, and then the other thing I'd, I'd kind of sometimes want to know about, uh, well, I definitely want to know about, but that's just me. But, uh, you know, how does the management of a gym monitor the engagement of its coaches with its members? Because I'm telling you that the coaches are so important, but if they're not almost measured and held to account in terms of the valuable interactions they're having with a membership then they're not adding that much value to the membership you know if i own a gym and i invest in great you know trainers and i invest in keeping those trainers motivated and and knowledgeable if, if those trainers aren't necessarily uh you know engaging with lots of my members then there's a lot of my members that are missing out on all that value, which is not, it's just a nightmare. So, you know, for example, sometimes you get personal trainers that are amazing. They're, they're outstanding coaches. And obviously they, they probably make most of their money from one-to-one personal training. So, so that means that my best coach, my most knowledgeable, knowledgeable trainer is, is training these one-to-one clients. So he's seeing the the smallest proportion of my membership. He's giving value to the smallest proportion of my membership. Whereas maybe I have a less experienced trainer who's running loads of group exercise classes with say, you know, 15 people in each class. So now I've got, you know, my my less experienced coach seeing more of my members. That seems nuts to me. So so I guess, you know, one of the things I would want is is to make sure that all of my coaches, regardless of their experience levels, are being encouraged and monitored in terms of the amount of valuable interactions they're having with all of our members, not just the ones that are paying for extra services. So that's one of the things I think can give you a really good insight into yeah the the value that's on offer in terms of how effective the gym's going to be but also that culture and again you know culture is something we're going to talk about a lot when it comes to the value in a gym because i think it's very very important so some interesting hopefully questions for you to you know hit there instead of you know around what what support is available uh from the coaching staff and you'll notice that you know jamming on about coaches a lot i've given coaches as a section the most points in terms of talking about what makes a gym effective because they are without doubt the most important variable in what a gym will deliver for you you know from the culture and the etiquette of all of the members the level of training and and the impact the gym will likely have on your life you know and i mean i i said it in the other podcast that that the wild training gym got voted the best gym in buckinghamshire in january and that's, that was not because we have the best gym facility. We don't have the best equipment. We don't have the best changing rooms. We don't, we don't have the most equipment. But the staff here, the coaches here are incredible. So, so you know, there's, there's, our membership voted us the, the best gym. And it wasn't because of the stuff that we've got. It wasn't because of, of any of that kind of 
you know, the, the questions that people normally ask when they, they come to a gym about, you know, what, what the gym has to offer them so they can work out value. It wasn't to do with any of that stuff. It was to do with the coaches. So, uh, so that's why I think this, this section is, is so important for you to get right uh, when you're looking at new gyms because it will have a massive impact on, on your experience. And so the, the next part of, you know, uh, looking at the effectiveness of, of a gym, we talked about capacity. We've looked at, you know, the coaches. Atmosphere, you know, atmosphere is everything. And, and, and again, you know, this is massively subjective. But the vibe of a gym, it's, it's the last thing. <laughs> it's the last thing that people aim to understand when they're doing a gym tour, you know. Because they're looking for those objective questions. They're going, you know, what classes do you run? How much is the membership? What are your opening times? Yeah, but the, the vibe is, is the first thing that will cause you to either love or hate the gym. So even though it's the, you know, when you're doing this gym tour, it's not necessarily the first thing on your mind. It is going to be one of the most important things for you to understand. This is where you need to know what you want. So do you want a more competitive kind of hardcore atmosphere? or a fun, more lifestyle approach. It's very rare to have all kinds of gym members all happy in, in kind of one style of gym, you know, so competitive or high level athletes and general fitness enthusiasts trying to enjoy their exercise. So you gotta, you gotta think, what do you want? You know, do you want to be pushed by high level lifters or would you find that intimidating? You know, these, these telltale signs of men in small string and vests arguments in and around, yeah, squat racks or, or benches and grunting lots while weights are lifted lovely and smoothly and then dropped uh, with zero concern for the kit or anyone else around them, you know? And, and this happens, in, in so many different styles of gym. It's not, you know, just weightlifters, which are sometimes that iconic intimidating area because there's people that are obviously confident in, in their lifting, their techniques, what they're doing in that, in that kind of environment. And, and sometimes you want to go and lift some weights when you're not experienced, you're not, you know, necessarily in your mind that strong. And, and that kind of stuff can put you off, you know, and then it happens at fight gyms. You know, you see, you see fighters in, in you know, uh, mixed martial arts, martial arts gyms talking about the UFC and trash talking and they scream while they hit pads and stuff like that. And that can be really intimidating, you know, for people that are looking to get into the sport and to, to learn new skills. You know, th those gyms are going to be the sort of place where you're probably going to become a much better fighter than like a lifestyle health club that offers a kickboxing fitness class, right? So it's not wrong. It just depends on what you're looking for. Like a weightlifting gym where you've obviously got more experienced guys that, you know, we, we call them meat and sawdust gyms, which there's there's a lovely, you know, honesty to that kind of gym. It's, it's about hard work and yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a fun place to work out if you don't find it too intimidating, you know? And sometimes you'll find great gyms like that that have great staff and, and, and really inclusive members. You know, at the same time, sometimes people want a more hardcore environment. It's not to say that those things are wrong, you know, if you want to have that competitive edge. Some people find that really motivating, you know, and a, a positive thing. So it's, it's not a right or a wrong. It's just you have to understand what, what you want, what you're looking for, and, and kind of what you're going to enjoy. You know, I've seen it with gymnasts and spinners and, and dancers. And, you know, are they open and encouraging or do they focus on the higher level practice, making those first steps harder for new people to take? 
You know, that's the thing to think about. Some some clubs essentially pay more homage to their sports culture in an aim to create an elite identity for their membership. You know, this is this is either something you don't mind because you are looking to step up into that culture or, or something you don't, you know, you don't want, you don't necessarily enjoy kind of thing. So it's just, just about knowing what you want essentially. But the vibe, the atmosphere in a gym is is really important and you should you should definitely spend some time to try and understand it before you know you know kind of sign up to some some uh, you know contract or monthly bill or anything like that you know talk talk to the coaches and and talk to the members and just ask for like an honest account of what the gym is like you know don't they don't need to sugarcoat it but you you, you should definitely want to to talk to people in the gym to want to understand what it's like and and really you know this is something you should measure when you're trialing the gym you know so <laughs> stand in the middle of a gym for for five minutes and see if anyone talks to you you know and whether they do or don't to you that's either a good or a bad thing you know you might kind of be a really experienced exerciser and you don't want a a, a less experienced member of staff coming up to you to talk to you about your technique or your program or anything like that because you might be really happy with what you're doing. You might have done it for years, you might have your routine and you enjoy that, you know? But at the same time, you might be somebody that really wants somebody to come and help you. And you don't want you you don't want to be put in the position where you have to ask because you're you're not confident in that that kind of environment. So yeah, sometimes standing on the middle of a gym floor for five minutes is a nice way of testing that out and, and on either side of that spectrum, you know? And then what, you know, the members of staff or the members say to you could be really valuable in your understanding whether it's going to be the right kind of gym for you or not. So so that's that's kind of my head in terms of whether, you know, a gym is going to be an effective gym for you. So talk about capacity, talk about the coaching and, and you know, the staff that are there for you. And then talk about the atmosphere. And I, I think that's some really important stuff for you to think about when you're, you're, you're looking at gyms to join. And now the second part is, is about value, you know, and, and what, what is and isn't included in your gym membership has to factor into this, right? So, so first thing you want to know is, is fine, how much is the gym membership? But you got to know what's included because that can massively change the value that you're going to get out of that gym membership. So, so get a price list. And if, if, if a gym doesn't have a price list, write it down. You know, I, I, I've never understood why gyms make it so hard for you to find out how much their gym membership is or their services are. Like, I think if they're good services and they're, they're well-priced, then, then there's no reason to hide it, you know? So, so get, get a price list. And if they don't have one, ask them for the numbers and write them down. Uh, and then, you know, you got to think about the standard membership. So, so what, what isn't included and what services outside of the standard membership, you know, what do they cost? Uh, so, you know, these might be uh, things like introduction courses to new styles of exercise. Uh, it might be personal training or nutrition advice. There might be exercise classes you have to, you have to pay extra for or, or kind of specialist workshops that you might want to do or, or maybe they're, Sometimes there's specialist workshops in gyms that are like prerequisites to to allow you to use certain pieces of equipment or, or to join certain classes. You know, are they going to cost you money? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a good thing sometimes for a gym to have a social kind of calendar. Nothing too hardcore, but you know, something once a month where people get to 
whatever, get together and have a bit of a jam. Uh, you know, so social events and do does the gym kind of offer some free social events? You know, uh, which could be you know simple, simple, you know, non non expensive things, but just bring the membership together if that's what you're looking for. Uh, or, or you know, again, are, are there social events that sometimes cost money, and what kind of things might they be? And again, that might be a, a good thing or a bad thing uh, for for you. I'm sure you don't have to, you know, partake. And then I guess I guess yeah. Currently trending is 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 there any online training available? You know, so online fitness is going through the roof, and and no doubt you're going to see more and more gyms offering online training services, whether that's you know live streamable, uh, you know classes, whatever it might be. It's worth finding out whether it's included, if you're going to use it, you know, whether whether it's they're going to charge you for it. So there's there's yeah some some interesting things I think there, but but essentially again ask for the details about what is and what isn't included in that monthly or you know, however they want to charge for the membership what's included what's not included the next thing once you understand all the costs all the prices is is essentially what i call effective cost so uh this is where i actually think sometimes the, the people using gyms are to blame for whether they get value out of the gyms or not. And I'll, I'll kind of explain that. So effective cost, the first part of that is your effective use, okay? So whenever you're buying into a gym membership or whatever, you know, however you're gonna look to kind of, you know, manage your health and your fitness, whatever kind of facility it is, you you, you need to plan around effective use. And, and so what I mean by that is, you know, as an example, we should be exercising at least three times uh, a week for around you know 45 minutes to an hour or whatever so so if you're not going to go to the gym three times per week that's not necessarily going to be effective use and so when you start to maybe you know challenge i'm not losing weight i'm not getting stronger i'm not seeing my body shape change did you plan to use the gym in an effective way you know and maybe that comes down to planning to get the right advice you know from the staff and whether that was included and you can see why i've kind of talked about the coaching so much but Practically, nobody can affect your behavior other than you. And so, and so I think, you know, you need to plan effective use uh, of the gym and, and that's based on your, your routine and all that kind of stuff. And if, if you know, we, we look at, we're, we're gonna go to the gym three times a week or I'm gonna do my three sessions of exercise a week. Or, you know, maybe I play football twice a week and then I, I, I do a bike ride once a week. I go rock climbing once a week. I'm just looking for uh, a gym to go to once or twice a week to work on my core conditioning and my flexibility because I don't get that anywhere else. Or, or you know, my, my, my flexibility and my, my, my strength, my weightlifting or whatever. So, so in that respect, you know, you could use a gym once a week because you're doing so many other great things in the rest of your week. And that would still be effective use, you know, and that way you get to then build that into uh, like an effective kind of cost, essentially. And so and so if we go, right, this is how I'm going to use the gym. This is I'm going to go to the gym three times a week or or I'm going to go to the gym once a week to complement the other things I'm doing in my week. Okay, so now I know how I'm going to use it. Then you go, right, how much is the gym membership? And, and, you know, accounting for any extra things I'm going to have to pay to use the gym the way I want. If I have to pay for, you know, extra for, for attending classes or, or to get some initial personal training or whatever. Then you go, okay, so I know 
I know the costs, I know how I'm gonna use the gym in terms of how often I'm gonna go. So you can work out the effective cost, which is essentially, if I'm gonna to go to the, the gym, you know, three times a week, so I'm gonna get, you know, 12 sessions in a, 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 a month kind of thing, roughly, and my membership is, you know, 50 quid a month, then I'm gonna be paying a little less than, yeah, five pound per session kind of thing. So that, that could be one way of you understanding an effective cost of your gym membership. And to me, I think that's one of the most important things, yeah, for people to understand. Because it's, it's a much easier way for you to know if what you are paying for, your gym membership, is good value or not. So that's, that's effective cost. And I think, yeah, when we're talking about value, it's one of the most important things to understand. But that does come down to you knowing how you're gonna use the gym and making sure that use is gonna be effective based on the rest of your lifestyle. And then, uh, and then yeah, obviously you've got some, uh, some, some numbers that actually will mean something to you rather than just a monthly bill, which maybe you can't connect to how you used uh, the facility and the services within that month. And then the last part of value, again, is, is for me, one of the most important things like if i went to go and buy a gym membership for myself right now today then then this is these are the numbers i would drill down to because they are what would tell me probably the most about the gym in respect of how how yeah i'd want to make sure that it's going to kind of yeah give me a, a good value for for what i'm going to pay and these are the gym numbers uh and and this is something that people never ever ask me and I tell them because because I, I know how important it is, uh, and and I, I think sometimes when I when I tell them the numbers, they're really shocked by it. Like I'll never forget. There's a there's there's a member at the Wild Training Gym called Tracy, and she's been here for a couple of years now. She's done some personal training with me, and I'll never forget when she walked in the door because I think she said something like, she's been through four gyms and seven personal trainers in the last two years, and this was her last kind of hope for yeah, having fitness in her life. You know, she'd never necessarily enjoyed it. I think she told me the last gym that she went to, she, she signed in and on the screen, I think uh, it popped up that she was at high risk of leaving. Uh, and, and, you know, nobody necessarily did anything proactive about, about that. And that would have been probably based on her, her average attendance or something like that. And I talked to her about, you know, our average attendance and, and you know, uh, retention and things like that. And she said nobody's ever talked to her about that, but it made a lot of sense and it sounded really valuable to her. And so when I'm talking about gym numbers, this, this is how, you know, you know if a gym will be overcrowded. You know, don't just speak to the staff about it. You know, you're going to go, yeah, does the gym get busy? And they're always going to give you the same answer, right? So this, this is how you really kind of know whether a gym is controlling its capacity. So how many gym members do you have, you know, and what's your maximum capacity? Now, I think any gym should be able to give you that answer without even blinking. Like, like it, it's a very important set of numbers for them to know. So how many members do you have and what's your maximum capacity? And if they don't know exactly what their maximum capacity is, I guess that, you know, it shows you that they don't necessarily monitor, measure how their members are using the gym. And then I worry whether they're worried about their members getting effective use, if that makes sense. So, so how many members do you have? What's your maximum? And I guess 
if they know the maximum, they will know the next bit, which is what's the average attendance of your gym members? And that's for, you know, general use, you know, and or group exercise classes, right? So how many classes on average do your members do every week? How, how many times do your gyms on average use the gym facility every week? Because then you get to go, okay, so they've got, you know, whatever, 500 members in the gym. And on average, those, those members are going to the gym twice a week. So you know that there are a thousand kind of entries to that gym every single week. And, and this starts to give you a picture of, of kind of how busy the gym might be. And, and you know, the industry's got some interesting, you know, I guess, uh, measures around this as well. So the fitness industry generally says four times per month is the minimum kind of attendance they want to achieve for gym members, you know, essentially to, to avoid gym members wanting to quit. So if you come to the gym once a week, you're seen as, as low risk as, as in terms of somebody that might want to leave the gym. Now, I've already said, if you're, if you're doing four sessions a month, you know, like one session a week, that is not gonna work for you unless, unless it's being supplemented by other activities. So, uh, so you know, you, you might supplement your one session per week with a couple of sessions outside of the gym. The other side of that is obviously you might have a gym where the membership is, is you know, attending the gym much more often. They're all doing their, their kind of weight training sessions or, or, you know, fight training in the gym. You know, they're not necessarily going to supplement those training uh, kind of, you know, the stars of exercise outside of the gym. So if their average attendance is like, you know, four or five sessions per, per week, then you know the the average attendance of the members has a much bigger impact on that overcrowding issue based on the the membership you know numbers of the gym so you know again if they got 500 you know members in the gym and those members are attending the gym five times per week on average then uh, then all of a sudden your attendance goes you know right up to two and a half thousand and and that gym might start to feel busier than the gym where, you know, on average, they're, they're only turning up twice a week. So these are these are really important numbers for you to understand because it will give you a much more accurate feel of, uh, of how busy that gym is potentially going to feel. And then the, the last one in terms of the gym numbers is average lifetime of the membership. And, and for me, this is really important because I think this should be uh, the most obvious uh, question you ask in terms of knowing whether the gym members are happy or not, right? And and if a gym tells you they don't know the answer to this question, that well, I just can't. I would never believe that because you know it's it, from I guess a business point of view, it's one of the most important numbers because they know how much their customers are worth to them. That's going to be the biggest thing that impacts their their bottom line, right? So if I've got a hundred members and those members stay with me for 18 months and they're paying me 50 pound per month i know how much those members are, are worth to the business so so there's that aspect of it but obviously from your point of view as a, a you know a prospect a, a potential customer for the gym how long do your members normally stay with you because if somebody goes six to eight months they don't even make it a year like you can't you, your, your membership doesn't even normally on average stay with you for a year that doesn't sound like a bunch of really happy members to me, you know? Whereas if somebody turns around and goes, oh yeah, on average they stay with us for like 18 months. We've got, we've got members that are, are over 10 years old, you know? That 
that's probably a really good sign that that gym is is doing a good job for its membership you know it's delivering effective value so the average lifetime of a, a gym membership is really important in my head and this is this is i did my best to stay out of you know having too much of an opinion in this uh, in this podcast but if you ask me if, if a gym has uh, an average lifetime in the membership of less than 12 months I, I really would question whether they're, they're, they're focused enough on the membership that they have and they might feel like they are more focused on getting new members in. You know, so if you think uh, a lot of gyms charge joining fees. Now, if that, if that gym has an average retention of less than 12 months, a new member is worth more to them than an old member because of that joining fee. They'll, they'll, it's like getting an extra month up front. So, uh, so yeah, that's one of the concerns I always have about gyms that have lower average lifetimes of their membership, because that's not what you want as a gym owner. You know, you don't want your membership leaving you, right? So, so I would have thought you should be looking for a gym that has an average lifetime, uh, like membership of, of over 12 months as a minimum. Uh, otherwise I'd probably ask why your membership doesn't stay with you, right? That's, that seems like an obvious kind of question to me. So for me, that's probably of all the stuff I've talked about, that's the most important thing to ask a gym is how long do your members stay with you? Uh, so they're, they're the gym numbers, right? So, uh, what's, what's your, your average attendance and you know, your, your, your average lifetime of the membership and obviously how many members do you have and what's your maximum capacity because they, they should they should know these numbers and especially it's very important when you when you're talking about group exercise classes as well obviously if you want to be able to book onto a class if a gym doesn't cap how many mem- classes a, a member can do uh, and it doesn't know how many members they you know they have in, on average doing those classes then potentially they're going to offer you know whatever 80 classes a month but it still won't be enough if, if they've got too many members in that gym. And if you if you pay for this gym membership and you don't get to book the classes that you want to do, then then that's not going to be any fun for you. And and likewise, if, if you know you get into the gym and, and they've got a decent sized weight area, you know, weights room and they've got lots of machines and stuff, but they've got thousands and thousands of members, then then it still means you're probably gonna go into that gym and not get to use the equipment that you want. So so they're the things that I think about when when i'm trying to yeah find good value and an effective membership for me to enjoy at the kind of gyms that i would want to go to you know so so hopefully you know that's that's been useful for you guys and and like i said with with us finishing up from lockdown soon hopefully uh you know i i think a lot of the the uk is is looking forward to improving their health and their fitness and and i guess the holistic side of it is is really important now as well like help you manage anxiety and stress and and you know be healthy be fit you know avoid being at high risk of of illnesses and and try to improve your immune system so it's not just about lose weight and you know change the shape of your body and 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 all that kind of stuff there i guess you know nice benefits but uh but for sure i think it's uh it's 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 a bigger picture now that i guess people are starting to respect that the fitness industry has to offer but thanks for listening to this episode of Industry Insight. This is Fitness Inside Out by Wild Training, and I'm James Griffiths. If you like the show, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and most major platforms. Subscribe to hear a new episode every Monday. 
Next time on the show, I'm going to be talking to Lucy Dartford. Now, I was introduced to Lucy by one of my personal training clients, but she runs an amazing PR company called I Am Lucy. And she's going to talk to us about kind of current ways and trends in terms of how brands are communicating with their customers. And, and yeah, we'll talk uh, pretty openly about some, some work that we're going to be doing together soon. So hopefully that might be a really interesting episode for anybody working in not just the fitness industry, but I guess yeah, anybody looking at ways of, of connecting with you know, current customers and new customers in, in yeah, uh, new and exciting ways. So, so definitely look out for that one. If you have any feedback, a question or a topic you'd like to request for us to cover, drop us a voice message as we always listen to all of them. Your question may even feature on next week's podcast.